0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Samic EDH podcast. That is Samic standing for spent all my money on cards. Today we're going to jump back into this cop or drop for call time. We're gonna resume where we left off, which was on the which was at the green section of the set. Gonna be, uh, just just mentioning some cards that I find significant or that I find interesting. Okay, this is this is. By no means me reviewing the entire set these are just cards that i think could be valuable or i see and i'm happy i have seen that and i am happy to see or stuff along that line right again everyone sees these cards in a different light it is subjective to each person or player and i respect everyone's views on it these are just mine hope you guys enjoy hope you guys can kind of see where i'm coming from about these cards I'm not going to be going too in-depth on on a lot of these cards, right? I might plan to uh, follow this up with an episode where I go over the legendary creatures of the set, and I talk a little bit more about those. Um, Since this is an EDH podcast, or Commander, we'll be talking about how they are, or how they impact the Commander format, or how I see them functioning in the format, right? So... Without further ado, let's jump into the green section of the set. So, first up here, we have Arachnoform, one generic, one green. It's an aura enchantment. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature has plus two plus two, has reach, and is every creature type. So, Arachnoform, Arachnid, spiders, right? Giving it reach because most of the spiders in magic seem to have reach, right? And. Giving it every creature type, so it essentially gives a creature changeling. Pretty good card for tribal decks when you have cards that might support a certain tribe, but still are not a part of that tribe. This in turn will link it with that tribe and give it that creature type. Therefore, in some cases giving it the benefit that it's giving other cards. So. That's how I see it working. It it seems pretty good. Plus two, plus two for two mana. It seems pretty solid. And reach, you know. Flyers are probably one of the most troublesome things to deal with on a table, to be honest. Because a lot of the good combo creatures or stuff like that that you might have don't have flying. So this enables you to be able to block. So, you know, I think this is overall a pretty good card. Moving on to Battle Mammoth. Three generic. Green, green. Trample it's a elephant whenever a permanent you control becomes a target of a spell or ability an opponent controls you may draw a card this does have foretell and the foretell cost is two generic green green so that's one mana less so if you think about it if you're foretelling this you're paying two and then you're paying four versus the original cost of five you are gonna be end up paying one mana in the long run it's just whatever okay the only reason why I kind of like this card is because It lets you draw a card as well as it is every permanent you control not just your creep not just the battle mammoth itself not just all your creatures but your artifacts your enchantments your lands whatever it is you may draw a card that in itself is pretty good and it's a 6-5 with trample I mean you know I'd say this is a pretty solid card and the art is pretty cool it's like a, a mammoth with Oh my goodness uh, one two three four five six tusks I count total um, kind of falling down from the air it's it looks cool next up we have broken wings two generic one green destroy target artifact enchantment or creature with flying this is an instant the reason why I like this card is because this card reminds me of plummet which lets you destroy a creature with flying but instead for one extra mana, plummet is two mana, for one additional mana, you have the option of choosing an artifact enchantment or a creature with flying. No drawbacks such as giving them any kind of permanent, just flat out destroy it, okay? You are limited to a creature with flying, so you do have that. But again, at least you have vanilla artifact or vanilla enchantment instead of like the complicated creature with flying to deal with. Okay. So <clears throat> this could function sort of like a beast within for artifacts and enchantments and green, and I'm all for it to be honest. Um, but again, it doesn't give them permanent. So I guess not, that's a bad comparison, but you get what I'm trying to say, right? Next we have Elvish war master one generic, one green. It's an elf warrior. Whenever one or more elves enters the battlefield under your control, create a 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature token. This ability triggers only once each turn. It has an ability, activated ability for 5 generic green green. Elves you control get plus two plus two and gain dead touch until the end of turn. The ability is just whatever. Okay, it costs an absurd amount of mana. What's really important is the triggered ability. Okay. You play an elf, you get an elf. Okay, there's another card like this. I forget the name, but at one point I did trials with a Marwyn deck. Okay, Marwyn ha- gets plus one plus one every time uh, an elf enters the battlefield. Um, and she can tap for mana based on her power. So something like this is just perfect for stuff like that right because it's just doubling the amount of elves that come onto the battlefield. So for synergies with something like that, this is fantastic. I mean, yeah, you you get a you get a chump blocker, right? It does only trigger once each turn too, so that is kind of limiting, but <clears throat> you know, elf tribal. Elf tribals already good, so I guess they didn't want it to just go crazy and go infinite each turn. But pretty solid. I like this. 2 mana, too. Just 2 mana. Pretty good. Low curve. Next up we have Finn, the Fang Bearer. One generic, one green. Legendary creature, human warrior. Death touch. Whenever a creature you control with death touch deals combat damage to a player, that player gets two poison counters. A player with ten poison counters, with ten or more, loses the game. Okay. So poison is just, just about the same as infect. Um, <clears throat> people saw this card and they were like, oh boy. We had to worry about Infect. Oh, we got to start worrying about Poison. Okay. It's not that bad. Death Touch. Running like this Death Touch theme. It's scary. Because. You don't want to block creatures with Death Touch. You're just going to lose your stuff. It's for two mana. This is a fantastic commander. You get it out early. You start swinging out early. Get these Poison counters on. It is always two poison counters, however, um, I'm sure that there will be, I mean, you can, you can use replacement effects, right? So your foreign clexes and stuff like that, but, uh, as a base, it, it will always be two poison counters. I think this is a pretty cool card. I don't see it having a ton of play except for maybe the people that have already been running infect it is mono green as a commander this would be cool but i don't know if it's uh, exactly the focal point of the set or one of the focal point creatures right but definitely a good option okay i like this card pretty good cop next up we have horizon seeker two generic one green it's a human warrior with boast one and a green search your library for a basic land card reveal it put it into your hand and shuffle your library so this is a way to pull lands from your deck each turn to make sure that you are not missing land drops you are consistently hitting those land drops and staying on par with your opponent that's a solid boost ability I'm not gonna lie if it if it said to the battlefield it would be busted okay we already have the mono black one where you're tutoring if this said to the battlefield it would be cracked okay but I like this as a card um, especially as a utility card multicolor decks it is a solid like semi ramp card it doesn't exactly get the land to the battlefield like I said but it gets to your hand it keeps you going it's a nice engine you just have to attack each turn it's a 3-2 so you know uh, you can get some damage in here and there if you get this out early more power to you if you get it out late I'm not gonna lie I mean uh, sorry you know Swing with it, activate it, um, after, it's a creature's turn. um, activate it after the declare attackers, but during declare blockers, something like that, get the most value out of it, get the land to your hand. And then if it dies, it dies. Right. But at least you got that one land for your next land drop. Am I right? I think I'm right. Moving forward. We have let's see bah, bah, bah. in search of greatness. This card is interesting. Two green. Enchantment. Uh, when I say two green, by the way, I mean two green symbols. If I'm, whenever I'm talking about these mana costs, I'm always going to say two generic or whatever. Something generic and then the symbols. Uh, two green. Enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may cast a permanent spell from your hand with converted mana cost equal to one plus the highest converted mana cost among other permanents you control without paying its mana cost. If you don't, scry one. At the bare minimum, you are scrying one each upkeep before you draw for two mana. That's pretty good. So that's the floor ceiling is you're actually getting these free casts. But again, depending on what kind of deck you're running. If you have creatures with really large mana costs or if if, if you're, let's say, so basically here's how I'm thinking throughout the game you're gonna hit like turn five six seven and you're gonna get out something big with large mana cost or attempt to and then from that point on you no longer get the casting benefit because like what it's gonna be the 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 mana cost that it will give you that will have free cast is going to be too high as to what you have in your hand so it's just gonna be scrying but like i said use early there's a potential for you to get stuff out if you have a nice mana curve then this will work smoothly for you. If it's all over the place, then I guess you're not gonna put much use to this, right? But again, bare minimum, scrying one. Okay, pretty solid. I like this card. Definitely cop. Next up we have old growth troll, three green. Trample, when old growth, I'm gonna die trying to say this name over and over. When old growth troll dies, if it was a creature, Return it to the battlefield. It's an aura enchantment with enchant forest you control. And enchanted forest has tap. Add green green. And one generic tap. Sacrifice this land. Create a tapped 4-4 green troll warrior creature token with trample. So it's a 4-4 with trample. Three mana, three green. That's pretty good. It dies, comes back as an enchantment aura that can ramp you. Double your mana on a forest. Okay. Later on, if they try to kill that, destroy that aura, if you have it untapped and you have another mana available, you can then Oh well, I guess at the expense of sacking a land. So the sacking the land part isn't that great, okay? But the just the best part of this is when this creature dies it's going to come back as an as uh an enchantment aura that's going to give you a little more ramp so its death will be of equal as much value to you as its life okay so god it's so hard to articulate these thoughts but that's how i'm seeing it i like this card because you get double the value you get the death trigger you get a four four Chump blocker if you want it has trample if you pump this up it'll it could you know start swinging in for some big damage pretty good next up we have path to the world tree when path to the world tree enters the battlefield search your library for a basic land card reveal it put it into your hand then shuffle your library uh, it's one this is uh, one generic and a green if i didn't say that already i'm not sure um it does have an activated ability two generic and then wolberg that's white blue black red green sacrifice path to the world tree you gain two life and draw two cards target opponent loses two life path to the world tree deals two damage up to one creature one target creature sorry you create a two two green or creature token green bear Ugh. the activated ability of this kind of sucks you are paying an incredible amount of mana to gain two life draw two cards you make someone lose two you know, it deals two damage to a creature. You make a small chunk blocker. The activated ability is awful. When this enters the Battlefield your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it to your hand, and shuffle your library. At most, this card will just give you a land to your hand to try to help fix you. This card, in my opinion, is a drop. This card, the more I read it, the more I'm just like, what a waste. Awful. Cool art, though. But, kind of sucks. In my opinion, that is. Next up. Roots of Wisdom, one generic, one green. Mill three cards, then return a land card or elf card from your graveyard to your hand if you can't draw a card. Fantastic for mill decks. You get a land back from your graveyard. You know you, you bring back a fetch land so you can fix yourself or do whatever you want. Uh, you can bring back elf. So they seem to have a lot of elf tribal support in this set, which I think is interesting since elves are already strong and some of these cards will make them very stronger, okay? But, whatever. I'm all for it, okay? If you can't do either of these, you draw a card. So, 2 mana to draw a card, although you are milling 3. I'd say this is really only good for mill decks. Otherwise, don't run this. However, situationally, cool card. Next up, we have Snakeskin Veil. One green. Put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. It gains hexproof until end of turn. I'm pretty sure this is a reprint. I'm not entirely- I'm not entirely sure without looking it up. But I know that there are a lot of cards similar to this. I have a couple cards in my Peko Haldin deck to protect my Peko whenever I swing out. People try to mess with me. But only one green to put up a- to give something a plus one plus one. And against hexproof until end of turn. This is spot on protection for one mana love these kind of cards definitely cop definitely include in a deck that has a lot of swingers a very very attack focused for protection fantastic next up we have oh this is like this is a good one toski toski something along those lines toski bearer of secrets three generic one green legendary creature squirrel the spell can't be countered indestructible Toski Bearer of Secrets attacks each combat if able. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So, this card's pretty cool. At its, you know, at the minimum, you have card draw when you connect against people's faces with your creatures. At the minimum, you have that. Okay. It is indestructible, it can't be countered. It doesn't have Trample or anything like that, unfortunately. kind of wish it did, but I guess that'd be too much. It It is essentially goaded. It has to attack each combat if able. It's just a 1-1-2, one, one, which is just whatever. But I see this being very Voltron-y in the nearby future. And I like it. Although the mana cost is 3 generic, 1 green, so it is 4, so it's kind of hefty. But it, you're getting a lot for it, okay? Uncounterable, indestructible. This is a pretty cool card. It doesn't even look like a squirrel though. That's my one gripe, okay? This looks like an iguana. Does not look like a squirrel at all. Like what's going on here? Moving on, we have a Planeswalker. Tyvar Kel. Two generic, green, green. Elves you control have tap, add black. So your elves will tap to add a swamp, so this is this Golgari elves thing that they're doing in this set, which uh, again, it's pretty cool. Plus one. Put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target elf. Untap it. It gains death touch until end of turn. I mean, if you have a a nice, you know, Marwin out like I said earlier, or if you have something that's giving you an elf that's giving you a lot of mana, we know there are a ton of a ton of elf mana dorks. It's fantastic zero create a one one green elf warrior creature token for not having to remove any loyalty that's pretty cool minus six you get an emblem with whenever you cast an elf spell it gains haste until end of turn and you draw two cards so pretty good alt for elf tribal decks you're drawing two, although good luck getting this to the full loyalty with your little chump blocking elves but if you do get it off successfully very beneficial to you you give you get a ton of card draw just off casting your cheap elves and the passive ability or the the effect that it has where elves can tap to add black it makes your tokens that much more valuable and it, you can also create a token which will then tap for black this card's great I love this card it is a mythic and it's a mythic for a reason this card fantastic okay you got to have this if you're running Golgari Elves you got to have it. next up we have of course one of the most flashy cards or not one of the most urine cards in the set foreign monstrous raider for generic green green trample haste it is a is six six if you would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, put twice that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. If an opponent would put one or more counters on the permanent or player, they put half of that many of each of those kind of counters on that permanent or player instead, rounded down. So what does this do? Some this Doubles your counters. So this means you cast planeswalkers comes in with double loyalty. Okay. You run an infect deck, double infect counters. You run a poison, you run some poison in there, double poison counters, okay? This is a mini doubling season. You don't get uh, extra tokens like doubling season though, so this is half of a doubling season. Second half, reduces counters your opponents can put. So if you're dealing with a lot of infect decks or poison decks, it's gonna half what they deal to you, giving you a little longer runtime in that game. If they cast Planeswalkers sucks to suck, alright, that three Loyalty Planeswalker that you cast is coming out as a one. And that is kind of ass. Okay, for whoever's on the shit end of the stick. Alright, excuse my language. But, all-around good card. Six mana, it is hefty. and Haste is fantastic to have. I think this is a great card. Green has a lot of strong... Planeswalkers with ults that do a lot with like lands and creatures and stuff. So I could definitely see that happening, you know, I'm all for this card. I'm going to move on next to red. We are almost done with the rest of these cards in the set. We have red, then multicolored and last but not least modal dual face, which is a whole nother ball game. The red section is very short. I don't think red got that many great cards this set. So first up, Tybalt's trickery, one generic, one red. Counter target spell. It's an instant. Choose one, two, or three at random. Its controller mills that many cards, then exiles cards from the top of their library, until so they exile a non-land card with a different name than that spell. They may cast that card without paying its mana cost. They then or then they put the exiled cards on the bottom of their library in a random order. I hate this card. I hate it. I hate it. Okay. I've talked to my friends about this. And the examples that they give is where the shines is, okay, I'm going to counter my own small little spell and then use it on myself. In that case, I guess it's kind of cool. But as a counter to your opponents, I hate it. Because again, I'm the kind of player, I hate giving my opponents stuff, okay? I do not want to counter one of their spells that I think is going to be very impactful and then they just flip into another one. Even worse, they cast it without paying that mana cost. You know, depending on who you're playing with, you're gonna have strong cards in their deck. You're gonna have Expropriate. You're gonna have Omnipotence. You're gonna have um, whatever it may be, right? You're gonna—they'll have, have creatures that are crazy, that are totally crazy in mana cost and totally cracked with their effects, stuff like that. There is a chance that they will flip these and play them, and you'll just have another problem but again it's a gamble that's what red does red gambles there's literally a card called gamble it's a gamble all right I'm I would say I'm unsure of how I feel about this card but I hate it I am NOT for this card to each his own to each their own sorry get it if you if you want to have fun and do some wacky stuff but I would not be running this card Next up we have Seize the Spoils, two generic, one red. As an additional cost to cast this spell, discard a card. Draw two cards and create a treasure token. This is a sorcery spell. So discard a card, draw a card. Or discard a card, draw two cards. Tons of spells like this in red. And you create a treasure token. Spells that usually are discard a card, draw two cards, like Thrill of Possibility are one and a red. So, it, with this, you can kind of say it's almost the same thing, right? Well, let's see. Is Thrill of Possibility a sorcery instant? Thrill Possibility. Okay. Thrill of Possibility is an, inst, is an instant. Instant speed, discard, draw two cards. This card is a sorcery. Discard a card, draw two cards, and you make a treasure token. So that treasure token is going to make up for the one extra mana that this costs versus a card like Thrill of Possibility. But it's sorcery speed. There's better cards that you can run than this. Unless you're running a treasure bound deck. Which, yeah, this will be good if you care about treasures. But other than that, objectively, just run, there's better cards. All right. So, kind of cop, kind of drop. Next up, we have Shackles of Treachery, two generic, one red. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature until end of turn, it gains haste. And whenever this creature deals damage, destroy target equipment attached to it. Pretty good for dealing with Voltron commanders or Voltron creatures that are coming all over the place. Only three mana to steal someone's creature. The red has a lot of these kind of effects. I think there's like one other card that I know of that has the same mana cost it does this most of them are about four mana or beyond so relatively inexpensive in mana cost I love it you get to destroy an equipment that they have so if they have uh, let's see if they have some sword that doesn't have protection from red you get rid of that if they have something that's drawing them cards Bye-bye, all right. It's it's pretty good, okay. I, I love everything about this card. Next up, Quakebringer. Three generic, red, red. This is a creature, Giant Berserker. Your opponents can't gain life. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Negating white and black kind of things. At the beginning of your upkeep, Quakebringer deals two damage to each opponent. All right, all right, I like this, I like this. This ability triggers only if Quakebringer is on the battlefield or if Quakebringer is in your graveyard and you control a giant. You can't foretell this for two red red. Really weird ending of this card where the the ability will also trigger if it's in your graveyard but you control a giant so you'll still get value out of it. Giant Tribal making a big splash. Two damage to each opponent, not just one. Solid. It, uh, warning, this is going to make you a target. Okay. The fact that it can trigger while it's in your graveyard, cards like that are scary. All right. Like, let's let's l- just look at anger, right? Anger gives creatures haste even if it's in the gra- When it's in the graveyard, right? Stuff like that draws an eye to you. Be careful when using this, but definitely a great card. Next up we have Magda, Brazen Outlaw, 1 generic, 1 red, legendary creature, Dwarf Berserker. Other Dwarves you control get plus 1 power, plus 0. Whenever a Dwarf you control becomes tapped, create a treasure token. Sack 5 treasures, search your library for an artifact or dragon card, put that onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Key things about this card. The artifact or dragon do not come out tapped. That's not a drawback. It is an artifact so it can be anything chromatic ory, uh gilded lotus stuff like that artifact creatures blight steel colossus any of the colossuses right dragon cards there are some dragon cards that'll net you treasures when they get onto the battlefield so that could be synergistic with this i could see but interesting way that this deck could be built because there aren't that many dwarves that are good magic does not have a long history with running dwarves sure you can run changelings but red barely has any changelings and you'd be limited to to the red changelings and the colorless changelings magda is a dwarf themselves so swinging out with that counts and gives you a token so you do get value out of this early I could see some creative ways of playing this out with like jessica's will and and, uh um dockside extortionists and just getting a lot of uh, treasures and sacking them to tutor up all kinds of convoluted stuff jimmy wong from the command zone is playing this deck in the most recent game night so the way he pilots it is pretty interesting i see potential with this but i don't see a super high ceiling but maybe i'm just narrow-minded i don't know Next up, we have Goldspan Dragon, three generic red red. It's a dragon with flying and haste. Whenever Goldspan Dragon attacks or becomes a target of a spell, create a treasure token. Treasures you control have tap, sack this artifact, add two mana of any color. So this will double the value that your treasures will be sacked for. Synergize really well with Goblin, uh, with, the uh, I was about to say Goblin of Armin, sorry. Synergizes real well with Dockside Extortionist, that little tricky little goblin. Synergizes with Magda, the card we just talked about. Synergizes with Pirates, because Pirates tend to generate a lot of tokens. Flying in Haste is pretty good, pretty good card. That, that, That effect letting treasures sack for two mana itself is just so valuable. Next up, we have Dual Strike, red, red. When you cast your next instant or sorcery with converted mana cost four or less this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy, and you can foretell this for two generic, uh, or sorry, the foretell cost is two generic, and you the foretell cost for casting is one red. So stashing this away for later on in the game when you will actually draw into one of these spells, what's usually four and under? Removal spells, right? So, being able to cast a removal spell and then remove two things instead of just one. That's value, baby. That's that's competitive fire. Alright? You're cooking with grease when you're using this card. They're going to hate you when you use this card. I love it. I love it. Oh! Jessica's Will is three mana, too. Cards like that. Alright? Fantastic. Fantastic. Mono Red. You're doing good, baby. You're doing good. Next up, we have Calamity Bearer. Two generic red red. If a giant source you control would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals double that damage to a permanent or player instead. So that giant we were talking about earlier, instead of doing two damage, it's going to do four damage. I'm kind of conflicted on this card, because red has a ton, well, not a ton. Red has a good couple amount of damage multipliers, and that's just red doing red things. This is limited to a giant source, so I'm okay with this. If it were more broad with what it doubled, then I'd be kind of concerned. Or like, like, really like, yeah, well, what, a, what a crazy card. This card's okay. It's a giant source. Giant tribal, you know. I I, I see it making a splash. I see it on the rise. Pretty cool. Now we have basalt ravager three generic and a red it's a giant wizard (laughs) it's kind of interesting when basalt ravager enters the battlefield it deals x damage to any target where x is the greatest number of creatures you control that have a creature type in common so what's the most common creature type in red goblins so you throw us on a goblin deck for a little bit of spice a little bit of damage I can see it's being very useful For four mana, it's worth it. You know, for the Krankos, stuff like that, this could be a pretty pretty cool addition. But I'm going to be honest, decks like that don't really need it. This is just icing on the cake for their strats. But good card. Definitely worth copying if you're doing mono-red things or if you're doing tribal things. All right, moving on to multicolored. We have Herald. King of Skemfar, legendary creature, elf warrior, one generic, black green. So this is a like Gogari commander potentially. Menace, so it can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. When Harald, King of Skemfar, enters the battlefield, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal an elf warrior or Taipar card from among them and put it into your hand. So remember that Planeswalker we were talking about earlier. You can grab that planeswalker with this card. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Enter the battlefield, you filter to top five, pull a card that you want into your hand. You can then play it or do whatever you want. It's a 3-2 with menace. It's just whatever. All right. You do get to pull, like being able to pull something is OK. It has menace, which is probably the best part about this card. Green and black don't really have many effects. that can flicker and reactivate this ability a bunch of times. So that's kind of useless. At, its, at the most, this is just a, a menace elf that you can build in a multitude of ways. But eh, just whatever. I tell you, this is kind of a cop if you're doing elf tribal. Because it'll kind of speed you up a little bit, maybe one turn or so. But yeah, I don't know. Next up, Binding the Old Gods. It's a saga, too generic, black-green. First stage, destroy target non-land permanent and opponent controls. Stage 2, search your library for a forest card, put it onto the battlefield tap, then shuffle your library. Stage 3, creatures you control gain gain death touch until the end of turn. For 4 mana, you get a removal spell, you get a ramp spell, and you give your creatures death touch. I like the removal spell and ramp spell because it is destroying a non-land permanent opponent controls, not just a creature, nothing like that, right? Um, So that's valuable in itself. So if we put this into terms of let's compare mana costs, right? Lowest cost ramp spell that will, well, I don't know if the lowest cost. typical cost of a ramp spell that'll get your you force onto the battlefield tapped shuffle ramping growth one generic one green that's two mana right there typical cost to be able to remove a creature in green something like beats within three mana that's five you're paying four for this uh, enchantment saga and you still get the benefit of the last sec uh, the last stage which is creatures you control gain death touch of enter It's kind of whatever. If I use this card, I would use it mainly for the first two stages. The last one's just kind of okay. But it could definitely generate you some value. Next up we have Fall of the Imposter. One generic green, white. Uh, Stage one and stage two are the same. They are put a plus one, plus one counter on up to one target creature. That's okay three exile a creature with the greatest power among creatures target opponent controls so again removal spell built into here it is the greatest power so you cannot choose but if they this will make your opponents more cautious and slow them down on when they want to cast their big creatures that give them great effects this kind of makes them tiptoe around you a little bit and can buy you some time on the board to catch up. So that's why I see this card as being a little valuable. That's the only reason why I like this card, the plus one plus one counter. I don't care about that. It kind of sucks. You have to wait two turns for the third to happen and get the most value out of this card, but it builds suspense, I guess it's, it's kind of okay. I'd say this is, this might be a cop again. Might be a drop. I am unsure about how I feel about this. I just like the last part a lot. Next up, we have Sarulf Realm Eater, one generic black green legendary creature wolf. Whenever a permanent and opponent controls is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one plus one on Sarulf Realm Eater. This is a huge legendary wolf. Art looks crazy. I love it. At the beginning of your upkeep, if Sarulf has one or more plus one plus one counters on it, you may remove all of them. If you do exile each other non-land permanent with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of counters removed this way. It's interesting because if you play some sort of spell, okay, okay, you give this creature indestructible and then you wipe the board with something like Damnation. You're gonna get, well, actually, I guess that wouldn't really matter, right? Well, yeah, kind of. It'll matter in the fact that you can exile non nat permanents, so you can exile all their enchantments and artifacts and stuff. But at at the minimum, you swing out with this creature, someone tries to block it, it their creature dies because they don't want to take the damage. So you can build this Voltroni, which I'm assuming is probably what most people are going to do. You build a little bit of ultron esque You swing out. They block it with the chump blocker. You get a counter onto this card. Then it swings around to your turn. You drop that counter and you destroy or you exile. Sorry, all nonline permanents with converted mana cost less than or equal to the amount of counters. So you kill one when this is blocked. Swings around to your turn. You exile everyone's soul ring. You exile everyone's mana crypt. You exile whatever other low cost spells they have. This will also make your opponents more cautious, on or more, more careful with how they block your opponents too, because again, this is whenever a permanent an opponent controls puts to the graveyard. It's not when you do it. It's whenever it happens. So I guess the ceiling for this is really high because it is affected by how your opponents interact with each other. I'm going all over the place with this card. I'm just trying to like develop a good understanding of this card. But I think this card is good. I like this card. I would get it if I ran it as a commander. But probably only as a commander. Because again, this will remove your own stuff. Keep that in mind. It will exile your soul ring. It will exile your Arcane Signet. It will exile whatever you put out. So you have to be very careful. Well, I guess then you can't run this Voltroni, right? Well, you can, but to an extent. Because there are chances that you will exile the equipment that you attach to this creature. So what the hell? I don't know how to run this card. I don't know. Interesting. Not to mention, you can give this creature plus one, plus one counters, and then remove them. There's spells, that you, there's cheap instances that you can use to give this counters and then remove them and force that action. I don't know. It's, it's risky. Uh, I, I would love to see how this deck is, is built, I'll probably look at some decks around this, see what ideas people came up with. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Next up we have Narfi Betrayer King generic blue black legendary snow creature ah zombie wizard other snow and zombie creatures you control get plus one plus one you can use three snow mana to return Narfi Betrayer King from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped so you hold up mana just in case this card is just okay (laughs) it's just okay The fact that you can return it to the battlefield from your graveyard tapped is useful because you can get around commander costs, but beyond that, this is just kind of whatever, you know? If I wanted to do something like that, I would just play Derevi because it's an ability that you can bring uh, from the command zone to the battlefield. I don't know. This card's just okay. I, I don't really see it seeing much of the light of day. That's just me, though. Next up, we have one of the craziest cards in the set. Koma, Cosmo Serpent. Three generic green, green, black, black, uh, sorry, green, green, blue, blue legendary serpent. This spell can't be countered. At the beginning of each upkeep, create a 3 3 blue serpent creature token named Koma's Coil. Sack another serpent, choose one. Tap target permanent. Its activated abilities can't be activated this turn. Koma, Cosmos, Serpent, gains Indestructible until end of turn. So, this card allows you to protect yourself. And again, let's let's reread the text. At the beginning of each upkeep, each upkeep, not just yours, but the person next to you, the person across from you, all of your opponents, create a 3-3 Blue Serpent creature token named Koma's Coil. Each upkeep, you're going to make a creature token. This can get, I can see this getting out of hand really fast with a ton of tokens. And just for the simple action of sacking one of them, you can protect this creature by giving it indestructible. You can tap down someone's commander and kind of negate their activated abilities with their abilities on the stack. It's, it's just, or not, I actually, is it on the stack? Is on the stack? I think it'll work if, if they activate the ability and it's on the stack, but not entirely sure. Don't quote me on that but you can try to negate other people's commanders, other people's troublesome creatures. It can't be countered. It's just so much on this card. They made it 7 mana for a reason. It's it's flashy, it's big. You have to go to great lengths to protect this, okay? Run counter spells. Go to great lengths to protect this. It's a 6/6 six, six serpent. This card's great. If you look at what uh what they do in the latest episode of Game Nights with this card, it's there's a lot you can do with this card you know mainly revolving around let, let's let's like throw in the idea of sakashima of a thousand faces right and doubling what you are generating each turn this card can get out of hand crazy you need to ramp up quick enough to get this out early though don't get it out too late while people have time to build their hands and and have answers not answers to counter it but answers to exile it and stuff like that um be prepared But this card is a fantastic card. I love this card. By far my most favorite card in the set. Next up we have Morite. Morite. Morite of the Frost. Two generic green, blue, blue, legendary snow creature. Changeling. You may have Morite of the Frost enter the battlefield as a copy of Target or as a copy of a permanent you control except as legendary and snow in addition to its other types and if it's a creature it enters with two additional plus one plus one counters on it and it has changeling so you copy something however it'll still be legendary so you're still subjected to the legendary rule the only reason why i like this card is because i like these cards that you can copy something and it's a permanent so it's enchantments artifacts lands it's whatever you want it has to be something you control though but i like these cards that allow you to copy something so you can double up on the value i have a nat i have like a a special special feeling for those cards i don't know i like it next we have cole the forge master it is red white whenever another non-token creature you control dies if it was enchanted or equipped equipped Return it to its owner's hand. Creature tokens you control that are equipped or enchanted. Get plus one, plus one. So there's like infinite combos you can do with this where you play zero cost creatures. You equip them with something with low equip cost or something cheap. Then you sack it. Goes to your graveyard, comes back to your hand. Um, You replay it, rinse and repeat there are ways like with goblin bombardment that you can just obliterate the board super early on this deck will either go really fast or do nothing so be careful how you're using this i think it's a pretty cool card but that's just based on the infinite combos beyond that i wouldn't bat an eye at this card And it's creature tokens you control that are enchanted or equipped. Get plus one, plus one. Creature tokens? Who who the hell is going around equipping creature tokens? That's beyond me. Like I said, I only see this card being good for its first part, where you do something infinite. Next up we have King Narfi's Betrayal. This is a saga. One generic, blue-black. Each player mills four cards. Then you may exile a creature or planeswalker card from each graveyard. Okay, they're gonna mill, everyone's gonna mill for, it, including you. Until end of turn, oh sorry, that was stage one. Stage two, and stage three are the same. Until end of turn, you may cast spells from among cards exiled with King Narfi's Betrayal, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. So that one creature that you exiled from stage one you can cast it this card is definitely interesting however I'm trying to understand this you only exile one creature from stage one but stage two and three are the same effect so I guess it gives you two turns opportunity to cast that creature that eggs out. That way, you can do some planning around it. I guess this card's uh, kind of cool. It's kind of whatever to me, but I could definitely see this card kind of sneaking up and stealing people's stuff and uh, giving somebody an advantage of the game. That's why I kind of like this card. That's why I included it in this uh, copper drop. But when I run it I don't really run a mills right now if I did I'd probably run this i am being honest okay moving on to some lands we have axe guard armory and it's just a battlefield tap. you can tap it for one white or you can pay one generic red red white and tap it sacrifice axe guard armory search your library for an aura or equipment card reveal it put it into your hand then shuffle your library the reason why I put this <laughs> is because I don't like this card okay this is a drop it enters in tap number one number two you're paying four mana to sack it and tutor for an aura or equipment and well sorry it says for an aura and or an equipment card and you reveal them so I guess it's cool in the fact that you can search for both but if you don't have both then what's the point all right if you don't have both don't run it you may as well run idyllic tutor that's a cheap tutor all right for an equipment you may as well if you I mean if you have the money or if you you want to proxy it run enlightened tutor instant speed one white tutor for artifact or equipment this card just just seeing it, it just I don't know it seems inefficient Next up we have Tyrite Sanctum. It is a interesting gem in the art that looks kind of cool. You can tap it to add colorless, or you may pay two and tap. Target legendary creature becomes a god. In addition to each other types, to put a plus one plus one counter on it. Second ability, or third ability rather. Pay four, tap it, sack it. Put an indestructible counter on target god, so you can turn a creature into a god that's indestructible kind of interesting that they're doing some god support in here this card definitely puts a, a interesting spin on things especially when you run this in a deck where you want your commander to last i see this being uh pretty successful to say the least next up we have the world tree the world tree enters tap you can tap it to add green as long as you control six or more lands lands you control have tap add one mana of any color that's cool gives you a chromatic ori like effect it has an ability pay white white blue blue black black green green red red i said that out of order um, but play pay double woober. tap it stack it search library for any number of god cards put them onto the battlefield and then shuffle your library so you can run a strat around this where you run all of the enchantment gods in a five color deck and then if you try to get this card as fast as you can you need a you need um crop you need a card like crop rotation to find this all right or a vamp tutor diabolic tutor something like that to pull this card to your hand <laughs> it's it's an interesting strat to do this you sp- Fill your deck full of gods. You tutor for this card as fast as you can or draw into it. Put it down. Sack it. Bring all of your gods to the battlefield. If you have the ones that already exist, they're all mostly all. Not they're not all, because some of them are not indestructible. But most of them are indestructible. And you just have a crazy board state. And they have to exile them to get rid of them. Or make you sack them. There are cards that are coming out in the set that I uh, didn't include in this review yet, or not review, this copper drop, that are artifacts that support creature types. There's one that makes all the creatures that you control have, uh, or they become the specific type that you declare. So you can choose gods, and then all your creatures are gods. And anything you control, anything you have in your library is also gods. So if you have that out and then you use this, same thing, you're going to pull all your creatures to the battlefield, right? But I see this being uh, pretty cool for the gods that we already have. Just remember, if you do do that, you're going to have so many triggers to keep up with, OK? It's going to be exhausting. But it'd definitely be spicy. I would love to see that happen. If I ran this card, that's something that I would do. That's just me, though. I don't know. OK, moving on to the modal double face cards. So let's give a little disclaimer on these cards. These cards with legendary creatures will can be your commander and you can cast them for either side. Whenever you cast them, however, e- either side is still subject to the commander tax. So if you cast one side for so let's let's give an example. So this first card, Raydane, God of the Worthy, two generic one white. It's a it's a legendary creature god, flying vigilance. Snow lands your opponent's control into the battlefield tapped. Non-creature spells your opponent's cast with converted mana cost four or greater cost two generic more to cast. The flip side is, Valchamera protect protector shield three generic one way. If a source an opponent controls would deal damage to you or a permanent you control, prevent one of that damage. Eh, okay. Whenever you or another permanent you control becomes a target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, counter that spell or ability unless its controller pays one. So it's an artifact with a built-in mana type to protect your permanence. That's kind of cool. The first part just whatever. So if you cast the first, if you cast the front side, which is the creature, for a two generic one white and it gets removed, and you try to cast it for the flip side, you're not gonna reset you're gonna have to pay two more mana so instead of being three generic one white it would be five total generic and then one white, right so onto this card itself I like this card with this set being released there's going to be more motivation to play snow permanents and snow lands so this card kind of stacks is that a little bit and Slows your opponents down, you know, white doing white things, bringing people down to your level so that they can be uh, just as slow as white can can be sometimes. I don't want to say is always, but can be. Then the second part, again, stacksy non creature spells your opponents cast with converted mana cost four or greater, cost two more to cast. So, when it's trying to cast the big splashy game ending or uh, super accelerating spells, they're going to have to pay two more mana. It makes it that much harder. Playing this card will make you a little bit of target or make it a little bit of a target So be wary when running as a commander, but as a creature In the 99 an artifact in the 99. That's pretty cool Next up we have Egon God of death two generic one black legendary God death touch at the beginning of your upkeep Exile two cards from your graveyard if you can't sacrifice Egon and draw a card I'm going to keep it real with you. This creature's effect, I really don't care about. Okay, What matters for this creature is the flip side. Legendary Artifact, Throne of Death, 1 black. It's only 1 mana. At the beginning of your upkeep, mill a card. You can pay 2 generic, 1 black, and tap it to exile a creature card from your graveyard and draw a card. For mill decks, this is a fantastic mill outlet. Again, it's just 1 mana. At the beginning of each turn, you're gonna mill a card. It's a nice mill outlet, right? It's, it's cheap. It's efficient. You can exile a creature that you don't want, that you don't care about in your graveyard, and also get card draw off that. Although it is three mana to do so. Eh. But again, pretty stable mill source. The God, I could care less. It is a six-six though, so it will hit pretty hard. But. Eh. you know I'd say cop for the backside. side if, if I ran graveyard recursion stuff like that I would definitely have it next up we have turgrid god of fright three generic black black this card is crazy this card's cracked all right <clears throat> menace whenever an opponent sacrifices a non token permanent or discards a permanent card you may put that card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Flip side is Turgrid's Lantern. You can tap it, target player loses 3 life unless they sacrifice a non land permanent or discard a card, and then you can pay 3 generic, 1 black to untap the lantern. So if you can make infinite mana, including black in that mana, you can make people sack their whole board or just make them lose their life you can go infinite and kill someone with the lantern okay the lantern itself is pretty cool but the creature the god is where the spiciness comes all right it's spicy but it's it's kind of scummy all right it's kind of degenerate there's black has a lot of support for making opponents discard cards for forcing them to discard cards, and for low mana okay and also has a ton of cards that enter on your end and make everyone sack something. Playcrafter is one of those. You play Playcrafter, everyone sacks something, you immediately take those if they're not token. Same thing with discarding. they discard something, you take it. There's like I said, it's there's just so many ways to abuse this. And this card is just so toxic. It is 5 mana, so you have to get there. But it's mono-colored. Okay. You throw in, I mean, I don't know. I have, I, I own a Jeweled Lotus. So if I throw in a Jeweled Lotus into this and I get this out early and I build around this, it's it's curtains for everyone, alright? I'm going to just say that. It's a wrap. This card's crazy. Next up we have Valky, God of Lies. One generic, one black. When Valky enters the battlefield, each opponent reveals their hand. For each opponent, exile a creature card they reveal this way until Valky leaves the battlefield. As an ability of X, choose a creature card exiled with Valky with converted mana cost X. Valky becomes a copy of that card. So that's not until end of turn, that's just it becomes a copy of that card. That's it. Permanent. Boom. Flip side, Tybalt, Cosmic Impostor. Five generic, black, red. As Tybalt enters the battlefield, you get an emblem with, you may play cards exiled with Tybalt, Cosmic Impostor. And you may spend mana as though or mana of any color to cast those spells. So plus two, exile the top card of each player's library. Minus three, exile target artifact creature. Minus eight, exile all cards from graveyards. Add red, red, red. So I really don't care about the first part of this card, which is Valky, the, the front side, Valky God of Lies. Although it could be cool, but you're going to have to funnel a lot of mana into this at times to make it useful. The Tybalt Planeswalker is just fire, okay? Immediately on entry, you get an emblem that you can spend mana. It, it, it's it's Halden, okay? It's Paco Halden, but on a Planeswalker. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. It costs a ton of mana though, so it's kind of unfortunate, but the abilities just support it so well. It's pretty cool. I think that this is definitely a very spicy design for the Planeswalker. It just sucks that the front, I mean, it looks like with most of these cards, one side is really good and the other side is just okay. And the Tybalt side definitely shines in this one. All right. Moving on, we have Birgi, God of Storytelling. Two generic, one red. It is a god card whenever you cast a spell add red until end of turn you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end creatures you control can boast twice during each of your turns rather than once flip side is Harnfell horn of bounty legendary artifact for generic one red discard a card exile the top two cards of your library you may play those cards this turn so I think that the God is kind of crazy. And I'll tell you why. So mono-red decks can be very successful with low mana cost spells, and in casting them, you're going to add a red, just ext- sort of extending your turn each time you cast a spell because you get that mana. We've seen what Mono Red can do with cards like Jessica's Will and and with wheels and stuff like that. And cards like this, seeing Red get this kind of support is just crazy. I think this card is going to be a great card to run as a commander. I don't believe that people are going to run the Boast that much like the second part of it, where creatures you control can boast twice during each of your turns rather than once. If you make a boast deck that's multicolored shirt, but you're not gonna run a mono red uh, boast deck. You're not, you're just not. You want it for the mana, and your mana doesn't end as steps and phases end. So it carries, it's, it's just, it's nuts, okay. And the horn, to be able to discard a card and exile top two of your library, you may play those cards this turn, to sort of give you an extension of your hand and you can, I mean, if you have, if you draw lands, if you have a handful of lands and you have this horn out, or if you have a handful of useless cards, you just keep discarding. You keep discarding to, to do whatever you want. You discard, exile two. Discard again, exile another two. Then you have four cards exiled that you can play. You have all those options. However, they're going to stay exiled. So you need to have enough mana to support that. But if you do, this could be... Very, very useful team. I think both sides of these card, of this card, are just good. Objectively, they're just good. Next up, we have Toralf, God of Fury, two generic red, red, legendary God, Trample. Whenever a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls is dealt excess non-combat damage, Toralf deals damage equal to the excess to that target, or sorry, excess to any target other than that permanent. The flip side is Torolf's hammer, one generic one red. equipped creature has one generic red. Tap unattach Torolf's hammer, it deals three damage to any target. Return the hammer to its owner's hand. And then equip creature gets plus three power as long as it's legendary. The equip cost is one and a red, same thing as the mana cost. Hook, I don't care about the hammer part. What matters is the front is the the front side. Number one, it's a five-four. Power toughness. With trample. Only four mana. The biggest talk of this card is spells like Blasphemous Act. If you make this God indestructible, you can get a ton of value from it by um, having it just live through lethal damage and stuff like that. Like, if you think about it, if you make it indestructible, so whenever a creature or planeswalker—oh no, it's an opponent control. That—that that, that doesn't matter. Sorry. I was going somewhere that doesn't make any sense because it isn't applied to this card. But if you make it indestructible and then you keep casting these spells, like blasphemous act, that'll do a ton of damage to creatures, and there's not every creature is gonna have 13 toughness, right? I mean, there might be a couple that get there over the course of the game, but you blasphemous act, you deal lethal damage to creatures, and it, it does it to the whole board. So all of the over all of the excess on all those creatures you can redirect, boom, 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 boom. You can take out one or two people on the spot with a blasphemous act if played at the right time. This is a very anti-token. This is a very anti-token strategy. Okay. Because tokens tend to be very small. Let's say somebody's running those, those elves we talked about earlier, the, the Golgari elves that are one-ones. <laughs> if if you get a blasphemous act off with this card out, that player is just done for. Alright? They're just done for. So there's a lot you can do with this card there's, there's a high ceiling you can run a lot of burn in this card and get rid of people's permanents as well as do significant damage to them or other permanents they control it's this is a pretty this is a pretty red card you know they did a good job with this design i like it next up we have Asika, god of the tree one green green vigilance Tap, add one mana of any color, so it's a dork at at its minimum. Other legendary creatures you control have Vigilance and tap, add one mana of any color. The flip side is the Prismatic Bridge. The mana cost is white, blue, black, red, green. Legendary enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature or planeswalker card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest at the bottom of your library in any order. So... crazy enchantment that i just have to have i i'm getting this card for sure because i do have an Dragon deck and i want these creatures on the battlefield as fast as i can get them i want to amass an army and start swinging out okay so this card is perfect for that deck all right the front side which is the god that's that's a dork is i don't care about that that's irrelevant all my focus is on is on the enchantment side the bridge At the beginning of your upkeep, i got to read it one more time just for good measure because this card just amazes me to no end. At the beginning of your upkeep, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card, a creature or planeswalker, put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. This is like perfect design because this is literally just like what Wooberg colored decks just need to do. It's just a Wooberg thing. They really... Hit the nail on the head with a lot with the design of a lot of these cards in the set i love it there's there's not much that i'm just looking at and saying what the hell but i mean yeah there are a couple you know Tibbles trickery and stuff like that but a lot of these cards are just they just seem like they'll give you so much value and they feel like they're gonna make your decks be so much more fun 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 to play fun to pilot and just more fun to build to have these cards in there i don't know this bridge is a must-have for five color decks if you have a creature oriented deck okay it's a must-have at least if if you run the ur dragon like me this is a must-have i'm gonna just say it right there right then and there it's a must-have and last but not least we have jorn god of winter two generic one green legendary snow creature god Whenever Jorn attacks, untap each snow permanent you control. The flip side is Cauldring, the Rhyme Staff. One generic blue-black legendary snow artifact. You may play target snow permanent card from your graveyard this turn. If you do, it enters the battlefield tapped. So, the Staff side is, it's cool. You get get some uh, recursion not so much for, but you you get the ability to cast stuff from your graveyard which is always good to have that's like black kind of things right but the jorn the creature side is really good because i mean just read it all right it's it's i don't even think i need to explain this but it's super simple you run all snowlands as you should with there's no reason why you would not run snowlands with this with this uh commander for an all snow lands you know what makes it even better is if you have Omnath locus of mana where your mana doesn't empty as uh, steps and phases end okay because then you just pile up mana okay my 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 friend called this called uh, called this card snow jorn muse (laughs) so on attack it'll untap all the permanents so there's a lot of opportunity for instant spells in here because you will have the trigger on the stack when you attack and and then when the, it's on the stack you're going to tap out your mana stat, the ability resolves your permanence untap, before combat ends you cast some big instant and you do something flashy but beyond that if you have some of the snow permanents from the set that are creatures it's essentially giving them vigilance as long as you know, Jordan's gonna stay alive, right? So, this card can double your mana, it can give your creatures vigilance, it's all snow permanent. So, something like this the snow artifact called during the rhyme staff is also applicable, although, you know, you can't run multiple copies in, in a it were a singleton format, so that wouldn't be possible. But there are other snow artifacts and, and, and snow utility that you can include. So this is definitely a green thing, and being able to use this green thing in a deck with Demir in it as well is just that much more valuable. I don't know. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just say it makes it that much easier to overload Cyclonic Rift people. I'm gonna just say it. All right, but. That's going to bring this copper drop to an end. I didn't go over artifacts, because or colorless cards. I uh, somehow happened to forget to include those. There are a couple that are kind of interesting that I that I saw that I liked, but most of them were just kind of whatever to me. Um, it's the colored ones that really mattered to me for this set. But thank you guys for tuning in. I know this is a super long episode. Coming up. I should have what I talked about before which is a collab with my friend about uh, what we want out of magic in 2021 and then following that again I'll do I'm thinking about doing a an episode where I'm gonna look at a lot of the legendary creatures in the set and then we're gonna evaluate some combos list some cards out that are possible to be played with it and function really well some synergies and we'll go over that I guess some ideas so thank you guys for tuning in I appreciate the support appreciate the love Again, you can always follow on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at SamicEDH. That's S-A-M-M-O-C-E-D-H. You can always hit me up there for Games game Spell Table, um, for Magic Talk, anything like that. I'm always down for it. This podcast is live on most podcast streaming platforms. Appreciate you guys for tuning in again. Catch you guys when I catch you. Might be next week. Might be the week after that. I'll try to make it before 20 days, all right? Thank you guys for tuning in. Have fun with call time. As always, stay safe and have a great day.